The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform Michael McGrath is with me to talk about this public sector pay deal. Minister, what deal exactly is on the table? Uh, good afternoon, Kieran. So we have uh, reached. Uh, uh, broad agreement on terms which are now the subject of ratification by the individual trade unions and ultimately by by Congress, hopefully. Um, But the proposal from the Workplace Relations Commission uh, is that there would be a 6.5% uplift on the existing terms of building momentum across uh, this year and next year. So building momentum is the current Uh, public service pay agreement, which was to cover the period uh, 2021 and 2022. So the proposal now is to add a further year uh, to take in all of 2023. And uh, in total, the increase in pay uh, would be 9.5% across three years. So that's just over uh, 3% a year. And the increase would be higher uh, for lower paid public servants because for, uh, for three of the six increases across that period, there's a minimum amount that each public servant is guaranteed to get, uh, even if they're on on relatively low pay. So that is uh, an attempt to introduce a level of fairness and to make sure that there is a greater benefit for people uh, who are on more modest incomes across the public service. Do you suspect it will be agreed to by the unions, by their membership? I certainly hope so. I think that it is a a very fair deal and uh, it does provide uh, an opportunity for us as a government to uh, quickly um, provide assistance to public servants. I think the uh, the backdating of uh, the 3% increase to early February, for example, uh, is something that will be attractive because if the deal is ratified, then uh, the government will move very quickly to uh, to execute that payment uh, in a lump sum as such. Uh, it will be taxable in the normal way. Uh, but for example, for somebody earning uh, €50,000, uh, assuming that the payment date uh, is early November, that would result in uh, a lump sum uh, before tax of over €1,100. Euro. So it is attractive and you have uh, uh, you have the 1% on the 1st of October that is provided for by the existing agreement uh, and then you have the increases next year. Um, so it does provide uh, support for public servants. It doesn't go all the way to matching inflation. Uh, we always said that we couldn't uh, do mm. that. It wouldn't be the right thing to do. It wouldn't be sensible. Uh, Could and you have come closer, though? Costly. I mean, with, with inflation running close to 10% and energy price inflation running at a higher, much higher figure than that, the fact is a 3% per annum pay rise as this works out it will leave people in real terms worse off than they are today. Well, it is. It's an addition. That's, that's the reality now, isn't well, it? it? That's is, not an interpretation. Yeah. That's reality. In terms of disposable income, after they agree to this, they'll be worse off. Well, it is an additional 6.5% across this year and next. But to answer your question directly, um, do we expect that this will fully offset inflation? No, we don't. But this is not the only thing that the government is doing. Um, we've always made this point to the public service uh, unions and the staff associations uh, on budget day. There will be measures there that will be of benefit to public service workers as well, um, including uh, reduction in, in income tax. Uh, and there will be measures to address the cost of living pressures that people are under. And those will be of benefit to uh, the public service workers too. So uh, this cannot be viewed in isolation And uh, I think when you look at it in the round, this is a a very fair proposal uh, that I hope will meet with acceptance over the weeks ahead. Is the message then to private sector workers listening to this that they should be aiming for something similar when they go into their bosses? 
Well, as part of the preparatory work uh, in the build-up to these talks uh, in the last uh, day or so, we have been looking across the board at deals that have been entered into uh, across the private sector, and many of them would be on a par with um, the deal that is proposed here. But it will vary from employer to employer. There are businesses that are under real pressure. I know that you've been hearing about that on your show, uh, Kieran, in recent days. And we acknowledge that as a government. We're not uh, telling or instructing private sector employers that they you know, should increase wa- wages by X or Y. It, it depends what they can afford to do. Um, their workers are, are facing the cost of living reality uh, that public service workers are, are facing too. There have been some higher increases than this one in the private sector. There have been some lower ones too, um, and not all businesses can afford it. Um, We have a dual obligation here. Uh, We are the employer of public service workers who I think, you know, worked really hard uh, during COVID. Over a third of them are in healthcare, and that's very often forgotten about. Uh, But we do also have an obligation to taxpayers generally to make sure that we manage the public finances responsibly, that any deal is affordable, that we have Mm -hmm. enough resources left uh, for the the main budget itself uh, in four weeks' time. And then in parallel with that, we will have the separate package of one-off measures uh, to try to help people with the cost of living. So that's the way we're looking at it uh, in the round. We're going to be speaking to Neil McDonnell of, of ISME a little bit later in the show, but I know he's released a statement and, and he, he talks about the other problems and crises facing government, including housing and inflation and security of energy supply. We uh, we If we throw our budgetary space at the public sector, we diminish the ability to tackle other more urgent crises. We must not allow reckless public service union self-interest <coughs> prevailing over Ireland's national interest. Fair criticism? Well, I don't believe we have done that uh, at all. I think there is a real value in having industrial peace. Uh, We need to have a stable industrial relations environment. That's uh, good for our economy. It's important for those who rely on vital public services uh, too. And the reality is that public service workers, like everybody else, uh, are living in the real world and are facing uh, the type of increases in energy bills that everybody else is facing across the full duration of this agreement, which is a three-year agreement. Uh, it is just over 3% a year. Uh, so I think it is balanced uh, and uh, proportionate. Uh, it gives me certainty as public spending minister uh, about uh, a large area of my current expenditure. The public pay bill is about a third uh, of that. And we respect the democratic process that will now take place. We await the outcome um, and I would only ask uh, public service workers um, you know, to give this a fair hearing, uh, to, to read the detail uh, of what is being proposed. Uh, I think the government has gone as far as we can, um, recognising the value of the work that they do but there is a limit to what mm. we can afford. And I've always been upfront and honest with people about that. OK, you mentioned then the, the other help that, that may be forthcoming in the budget to all of those private sector workers listening to the show and public sector workers as well who, who will who will feel the benefit. Um, in terms of energy and energy prices, what's on the table? Well, we're examining all the options at the moment. Uh, I, people... We'll what do they very, include? People will be very familiar with what we've done so far, the reduction in VAT on domestic bills. The, 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 uh, I tell you, they'll be so familiar you don't need to go through them all. Yeah, honestly. but they might they might give you an indication of what we're considering, Kieran. So I think it's important just to... I, right. Look, I, I won't labour the point, but we, we've reduced tax, uh, excise that, the energy credit people are well familiar with. We've increased the grants on retrofitting. We've had the fuel allowance, targeted payments. Uh, and so on like that. So we're looking at all the options and the uh, officials in my own department are now working with uh, every other government department uh, to uh, examine
examine what can be done quickly, what are the options, um, the extent to which we can target those to people who most in need, while also recognising that there are people with income uh, above social welfare eligibility thresholds that, that are also you know, really feeling uh, the pressure at the moment and they will need help too. So we're looking at all of that and in the next uh, number of weeks we'll finalise what the envelope so of resources will, is and we'll decide on the composition of the package. And will, will, it, will, will whatever package is the outcome of those conversations, will it be targeted at those groups or, or will it be a universal package so that those groups and that the so-called squeeze middle you, you, you allude to there, that they benefit as well? I think it will be a combination if we were to... Uh, there be, there'll be some universality to um, it. Uh, yes, I believe there will, because if we were to, to target uh, all of it, then we all know that the uh, income eligibility thresholds to qualify for a medical card or to qualify for a fuel allowance or a weekly social welfare means-tested payment is quite low. And the reality is at the moment, um, people on middle incomes uh, are also facing a doubling of energy bills, perhaps a trebling of energy bills uh, over the period ahead. And uh, they do they do also need assistance. So it will be a combination. We, we will be considering carefully what is the correct mix and blend of measures between targeted uh, and those with a broader application. Um, but it will not be it will not be only targeted. I think that would be unfair on people who are earning okay. above the, the qualifying threshold for that. We, we were talking about some of these issues yesterday with Danny McCoy, the CEO of, of IBEC, and we, 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 in the context of electricity and energy prices, we talked about energy supply and yep. securing energy supply in the future. And, and I asked him about his view on building LNG infrastructure, liquefied natural gas infrastructure here in Ireland. Take a little listen. We'd be supportive of the LNG model, in fact, have been uh, down, tr- down through the years. You know, we, we, need, to, uh, we need to ensure that in going to this low transition, fossil fuels will form part of that transition. Uh, it is just Narnia to think that we, you know, it's great to say there's great wind energy out in the Atlantic Ocean. We've lots of steps to go forward to actually get to that point. Now, I'm not sure who Danny McCoy imagines Eamon Ryan to be in Narnia, but uh, Eamon Ryan and some others around the cabinet table are utterly opposed to LNG infrastructure. Senseless, shouldn't be built under any circumstances. Well, Danny is right in saying that we will need both uh, transition uh, fuel and we will need backup sources of energy as well into the future. And while we are on uh, a journey that we need to accelerate towards uh, renewable sources of energy, uh, there will be uh, a need for uh, for that backup uh, and for those transition fuels to be in place. Uh, there is a review of energy security. Um, uh, it's now an advanced stage. In fact, Minister Ryan confirmed yesterday uh, at our meeting that he has received uh, the report. Uh, it will be shared across government and it will go out to public consultation and it is examining all of the options available to uh, the country to yeah. ensure that we have Would you support supply. LNG, an LNG plant? Um, I need to see that review. I haven't seen it yet. I will study it carefully, but I think we... You don't uh, need a review to tell you what your opinion is. I'm sure sure you have one. Well, my opinion is that we need to do whatever it takes to make sure we have security of supply. We cannot run the risk of having uh, outages of uh, power in Ireland because we don't have sufficient... Uh, supply. Well, that sounds and like a, 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 a yes. Maybe a yes with a little well, asterisk, but a yes. Well, I, what I'm saying is that we, we need to do whatever it takes, and um, but I, I have to see, of course, uh, what the content of that report says about what is, uh, if, what if is the required. Report says, if the report says 
you know what, you need an LNG plant. Everywhere else has them. Ireland's an outlier without it. You need to build it. You'll support that. I think we'd have to uh, we'd have to take the content of the report seriously. That's why it was commissioned. But we equally should not um, lull ourselves into a false sense of security uh, that that is uh, a quick fix in the short term. It's not. It's not the answer for this winter. It's not the answer for next winter either. Um, and that's why the CRU and Airgrid now are working uh, with large energy users to manage uh, what is a projected shortfall in electricity. Uh, across this immediate winter and as you know we are procuring additional electricity generation capacity for uh, the winter 23-24 so there will be a a combination of measures that we need to implement uh, to ensure we have continued supply to our country. Can I ask them before I let you go just about an internal party matter as it were although a matter of national import of course given Robert Troy as a Minister of State um, and the criticism that some have had of Fianna Fáil, including from within the party, is this idea of an image problem. You know, that the Fianna Fáil today is the Fianna Fáil of the past. I mean, that's going to be compounded, isn't it, that image problem by the events over the last fortnight with Robert Troy? Look, it was a very unfortunate uh, episode, not least for Robert, who is a really good politician, was an effective minister. Uh, I've known him for a long number of years and... Um, you know, I, I, he never wanted to be in that position. He he did acknowledge he made mistakes in his returns, and that is a serious issue. And he has paid a high price for that. Um, but to suggest that that is representative um, uh, of of the party and the conclusion should be drawn about the Fianna Fáil party arising from that, I think would be uh, incorrect uh, and would be yeah. People shouldn't do it. Maybe you would say, but people will do it. That that's 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 the image problem people talk about, isn't people it? People may do it, um, Kieran, but I would also ask them to look at what we're doing in government. You know, look at the public service pay agreement that uh, I hope we have gone a long way to delivering uh, today. They will look at the work uh, of Minister Foley uh, in education, uh, successive reductions in class sizes, the investment in special ed, for example, and look, I could go through each portfolio where where we have um, ministers in place. But in overall terms, I think the influence of Fianna Fáil over the last two years in government uh, is uh, unquestionable. There's been a significant shift in favour of investment uh, in public services and uh, in supporting citizens of, from all backgrounds across the country. And I think that evidence is there for all to see. Um, and look, the, um, uh, the, the the situation that yeah. unfolded with Robert is deeply unfortunate. He he acknowledged he is to blame for it uh, and he's paid a high price. And then, and given that he lost his gig over Golfgate, uh, giving Dara Kaliri the gig um, would be problematic, wouldn't it? Look, I'm not going to get involved in uh, the decision that the Taoiseach has to make. Um, he, he's in a fortunate position that we do have lots of uh, talent across the party and um, it's a very and difficult not, choice And, to and make. not all of them have had to resign in disgrace over the last 24 months at some point. So maybe one of them should get it? That uh, It's entirely a matter for uh, the Taoiseach. Dara is, uh, is a fine colleague, uh, was a minister in the past, a minister of state and very briefly a cabinet minister. Uh, and I have no doubt uh, whether it be imminently or in the future uh, will serve as a minister again and uh, he's got an awful lot to offer to Irish politics. Michael McGrath, Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform. Minister, thanks a million for joining us. Thanks, Kieran. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.